Welcome back to Momplicated. It has been a heck of a week. My husband was traveling for work, and then my kids got sick, and then I got sick. And then my husband came home, and he was sick, and we are just very sick and tired of being sick and tired. Does anybody remember that song? If you can, it's probably time for a night cream. Um, But yeah, after my middle child got sick for what felt like the hundredth time in the last month, I was like, okay, I actually have to put my phone down and find some other ways to occupy myself this week. Because I'm definitely on my phone more this time of year in general, just because we're home more, we're inside more. But especially in the last few weeks, while everyone has been sick and we've been stuck at home, just an abnormal amount. And uh, to be honest, I think my phone and social media and scrolling is just like easy for me to gravitate to as a mom who is home most of the time with a toddler because it's it's easy escapism you know like when you have kids around it's kind of hard at least for me to get into something else like something that I know uh I'm gonna be continually like interrupted from like if I try to bake something or exercise or like hell even clean I feel like my kids are all over me and whatever it is that I'm doing in like seconds. Um, And while I don't mind them being involved in a lot of the things that I do, I'm trying, like if I'm trying to take a minute to myself, I feel like I get understandably annoyed when I'm interrupted every five seconds. So the phone and scrolling just becomes like this sort of crutch. But I have been trying to put it away more this week and just explore other creative outlets in an effort to not completely lose my mind. And um, I I do think it's boosted my mood a little bit. I um, also, side note, I'm actually a really big fan of coffee table books and like magazines at this phase of my life for this reason. Like some something that's just like easy to pick up and thumb through, easy to jump into whenever you have a free second. Um, people are always sharing on, like on social media how many books they read in a month or whatever. And I'm like, well, if we're going to include coffee table books and children's books, I feel like I probably have you beat. Um, but yeah, speaking of phones and social media and kids and everything that's relevant to my life, really, I have a very special guest here today to discuss just that. Joe Piazza is an author podcaster, mom of three, and influencer expert. Joe, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, uh, thank you for having me. I have to admit that I'm actually really fangirling right now because I've been following you since your podcast, Under the Influence, first came out, where you, you know, sort of started like pulling back the curtain on all things influencers. And I can't even tell you how badly I needed to hear everything that you said and still say <laughs> on your show. So like what what made you first decide to like dive into that world of influencers? Yeah, I mean, for it's insane to me that Under the Influence came out 4 years ago that it's that's crazy. when I started doing it and I I only know that because I had the idea for it when my second kid was a newborn and she's four now. And I'm like, oh my God, like what is time? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I, she didn't sleep at night. And so 
I would hold her almost all night long, and the only appendage that I had free was my thumb. And I would scroll Instagram like a goddamn zombie. And I was being served mom influencers constantly. And this was the the generation of mom influencers that were always in like white flowing dresses or like flowery dresses. They were always barefoot on a farm and there was like a a beige, a fucking chicken somewhere. And yet no one actually seemed to do any real farm work and no one got dirty. And there were so many kids. And I just, it made me really depressed and anxious uh, as a postpartum mom of two kids under the age of three. And because I'm a reporter, I decided I'm going to report on this. I'm going to pull back the curtain on influencers and try to figure out what is really going on here. And when I did that, I mean, I, I had expected to find, you know, I just, I wanted all of the dirty secrets. I wanted the tea mm-hmm. is what I wanted. But I found something way more complicated. I found the multi-billion dollar industry of influencing I found women supporting their families. I also found a lot of smoke and mirrors and bullshit that makes new moms feel terrible and old moms feel terrible. It makes all moms feel feel terrible. Um, And more than that, I found that there's a, a real need to report on the world of influencers because we pay more attention to these people who live in our phone on Instagram than we do to TV shows or even mm-hmm. the news. And these things are getting more eyeballs of mm-hmm. women of a certain age than Netflix or than the New York Times website. It is basic media literacy to talk about these accounts, and yet they get dismissed as something yes. frivolous and not yes. important. No, and it's funny because the timing of it, I had my third in December of 2020. So it was like pandemic times. I was homeschooling my oldest. I had a newborn who was fussy and not sleeping much. And I was getting served all of the unhelpful parenting content. And I'm curious if you experienced that because you had your third like a year ago, right? Like not long ago. And I was completely inundated. I still find this fascinating because like my first two, I didn't experience this. But with my third, I was totally inundated with these like baby sleep accounts. And then eventually like the the baby feeding accounts and the list goes on. But that didn't exist with my first two. But I it like made me so obsessed with my my baby's sleep habits in a way that I now Mm -hmm. see was so unhealthy. Um, and I'm curious if you noticed that shift like the third time around. So much. You were in 2020. I had my second in 2019 and my third in 2023. Mm-hmm. So even from the second to the third, it completely shifted. Yeah. Instagram immediately knew both during both those pregnancies um, how far along my pregnancy was without me telling them. And then it knew exactly what age my baby was because I was served content from parenting, quote unquote, experts for each stage of of babiness. Mm -hmm. So yes, the sleep experts were coming at me. The feeding experts were coming at me. Like Like you want to make sure your baby's first food is bone marrow and sardines. Don't forget that. Exactly, exactly. And (laughs) all of these women, this is is a shift shift from when I really started on on Instagram, mm-hmm. these experts who are not experts in anything at all, mm-hmm. who have no certification whatsoever, oh, they, may, they may just be women who had a baby. And like, I've got three kids. I'm not a fucking expert at right. anything having to do with yeah. being a parent. And 
they're trying to sell me classes. They're preying on you when mm-hmm. you were at your most vulnerable. You're like, oh my, yep. and I've, I've bought them. I know I bought, that all I of this is, with is a third sham. Kid. I bought a fucking sleep yes. for my third kid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, by the time you have your third kid, like, you even even if they're fussy and they're different than the other two, mm-hmm. you also know that eventually they're going to sleep. Mm-hmm. That like eventually, like it's just this this part will be over, right? It's right. not like your first kid where you're like you are a mystery wrapped in an right. enigma, and we're like you know what? Eventually they all sleep. Right. So, but yeah, with the th- I with the third kid, I bought the freaking sleep course because <laughs> I was vulnerable and exhausted, and they're like just mm-hmm. pay fifty dollars for my PDF. Mm-hmm. It was and the it's most pastel colors and yes. acronyms. Yes. And I remember showing it to my husband and he was like, are you serious? Like this acronym? Yeah. It was like, I can't remember the acronym, but it was like, you know, S stands for shh, like go shh to the baby. And he was like, you needed somebody to tell you that? And I was like, shut up. Okay, I'm tired. <laughs> shut up. I'm tired and I need help. And that's why I think that these things are so dangerous because we are exhausted and we are vulnerable. And mm-hmm. these fake experts are preying on people to make money off of them. But but more than that, these people aren't experts, right? And so their mm-hmm. advice, I mean, most of the time it's totally innocuous. It's like, just go shh to your baby. But it could be dangerous because, mm-hmm. again, they're not freaking doctors. Right. Right. No, and it's funny because I, I feel like around that time when when Under the Influence came out, like y- everybody had like – was I feel like getting a little suspicious about like what was going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes of influencing, but you were the first one that I knew of, of to like say it out loud and be like, no, we're going to like get into this because too much is going unsaid. And I mean, I, yeah. And I was like, thank God somebody finally said it because it got me and I'm sure so many other people to like really examine some of these accounts and issues more closely in a way that I think we all need to. Because like you said, like, it's more complex than just like, oh, this is all, you know, smoke and mirrors behind the scenes. I feel like, like the general idea that I took away from it, like from my perspective, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, this is a business. Social media is a business. Influencing Mm -hmm. is a business. And it's fine that it's a business. But we need to cut the shit and admit that like, this is a facade. The main goal is to is money. And that's okay. Yes. But we need to be transparent. We need to be transparent and it's okay. That's the thing. It is totally cool to be an entrepreneur on social media trying to sell your services, even if it's snake oil, whatever. Snake oil mm-hmm. salesmen be peddling that for since the beginning of time, right? Um, right. But the problem is that there is no transparency and mm-hmm. it's very easy for someone to look at an Instagram account and think, oh my gosh, this is their real life. Everything they're saying is true because it feels like a window into someone's life as opposed to a magazine where we would read a magazine and we would look at it with a more critical lens because we have media literacy around that. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that right. with social media. So Ballerina Farm, I think, is the best example of mm-hmm. this. Um, and I have nothing against Hannah Nealman as a woman, as an entrepreneur, as someone who is trying to make money in the world, like good on you, girl. That said, I do have issues with Ballerina Farm, the brand. And it Mm -hmm. is a brand with 8.5 million customers. 
that are yep. watching it. And I think it is completely fair to say, I think as a brand that caters to women, it is tone deaf and that it mm-hmm. should do more to mm-hmm. discuss privilege um, and things like that. But I get I get so many comments from people saying to me, "Why are you shaming this nice young farmer, this beautiful yeah. young farmer mm-hmm. woman? Why are you so Why are you so mean to her?" And I'm like, "This has this has to do with it, not her." And right, it is it's the brand. fascinating to me when people come to Ballerina Farms defense because I do think it just highlights the fact that like the wool has been pulled over their eyes because mm-hmm. Ballerina Farm is a company. It's not a single person. They're selling something. It's okay to ask questions and criticize. And I feel like especially, you know, it's okay to say like, yeah, if this woman wants to participate in a beauty pageant two weeks after she gives birth, she 1000% should. I think you and I both agree on that. Women should get to do what they want. But in a time when so many of us are like fighting for paid maternity leave, we need to also highlight the reality of postpartum for the overwhelming majority of people. And like, also it's okay to question the motives behind it because it's a business. Because, because it's a business and, you know, (laughs) just acknowledge the privilege also of being rich as fuck and that this brand is rich as fuck. And so like, you know, don't make it seem as if, you are representing all mothers because i know so many of so many members of my audience felt shamed that they weren't doing that as opposed to seeing a woman as opposed to feeling strength right which i think mm-hmm. we all want women to succeed and to feel strong and to feel wonderful but right. they felt like they were being shamed by this brand and i get it yeah, I think for most people in the US, like so many of us really struggle during the newborn period because we don't have the support that we need. Um, like even very basic levels of support, right? And then you're like watching this woman who behind the scenes has tons of money and help and looks like, you know, she has never had a baby like she's mm-hmm. has this banging bod and bang she's in high heels in a bathing suit and it's really easy to be like well what the fuck is wrong with me like i can't even like heat up like if, you know frozen chicken nuggets for myself for lunch like totally totally yeah i can't i can't get out of bed without blood gushing down my legs and yes. and it <clears throat> And it hurts a lot to poop. Like, yes. I mean, and I can't think about anything except how much it hurts to poop. Like, it, like I said, it is just, it's so tone deaf. And mm-hmm. especially when your audience is majority mothers, the, her, her audience is, is majority women and mothers. And it feels mm-hmm. tone deaf to make it seem like this is normal, right? Mm-hmm. It may be her normal, but just acknowledge that. This is my normal because X, Y, and Z, as opposed to this is what normal looks like. Again, because we do live in a country where women are not cared for at all in the postpartum Mm -hmm. period, where doctors barely acknowledge that we exist, where babies go to the doctor every week and women go once, six weeks after they give birth. And so because we live in this world where mothers are not cared for, I do believe that brands that represent mothers, that have an audience of mothers, have a responsibility Mm -hmm. to try to change that narrative. Mm -hmm. 
left. It is never acknowledged mm-hmm. that they, one, they're a business. Two, they're the heirs to so much money. Mm-hmm. Three, they have so much help and support from the mm-hmm. outside. And because this is a brand with an audience of so many people, I think that there there is a duty of the press, of journalists, to ask these questions. Right. To say, hey, what are your motives? What are you trying to sell us? And it has nothing to do with shaming a woman. Like, right. Absolutely zero to do with shaming a woman. And right. everything to do with transparency right. in media. And the fact that I do get so many people attacking me whenever I say anything about Ballerina Farm scares the hell out of me. Because like you said, it means that the wool has been pulled over right. your eyes. Well, and because like you've said, if she doesn't want to be transparent, that's fine. Um, but then we need you the same way we report on politicians and celebrities, a third party needs to come in and do that for us because it's social media is the media now. And I think that's the mm-hmm. other thing that that people are are forgetting, like, you know, this isn't just her little her fun little hobby anymore. Like mm-hmm. she's or never was. She's selling something and social media plays such a massive part in our lives. It's funny because I always I talk about it so much in my real life and on on Instagram and on the podcast. I feel like I always end up coming back to it because it is shaping our lives and our world. And a lot of these people are representing ideas which are actually quite dangerous mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um there is a very big contingent of anti-vax influencers mm-hmm. out there that are cloaked as beautiful mommy influencers. They will never mm-hmm. say anti-vax. And mm-hmm. yet you will eventually go down their rabbit hole and buy their course and then you will realize, "Oh, they're telling me not to vaccinate my child." But their life looks so beautiful and their kids look so healthy. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. And so the disinformation is being spread. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. It's just true. Mm-hmm. Um, through beautiful social media accounts and through aspirational so- social media accounts. And we know that different conservative forces and groups have invested something like $100 million, not directly into paying these influencers, but to boost certain things, right? To boost, to to boost, to boost these ideas of women staying in the home and women mm-hmm. losing their agency and women not having autonomy. That is actually happening, and it is incredibly dangerous, right? Well, and and it's funny. There's some that are more like like you know low key about it, but I also like I know for a fact of like a very popular influencer who says shit that she herself doesn't even believe because it's a huge moneymaker. And the whole point is to radicalize young people. Yes. Yes. Like, absolutely. It's happening all the time. (laughs) All, all the time. And there are no checks and balances either because extreme views also do very well on social media. And I do think that the, there are a ton of influencers out there, particularly in the trad wife genre, who don't believe a goddamn word of what they're saying, but they've gotten hundreds of thousands of more followers in the past year by talking mm-hmm. about 
homesteading and traditional values and trad wives. And great, that means they're making money. But mm-hmm. the average person looking at this, because there's no social media literacy, does not know that that's the motivation. And they just right. think that this is baseline normal. Well, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, we were talking about how much Instagram has just changed in like the last few years. And one, I feel like one big turning point was when the algorithm went from that chronological to, you know, whatever it is now, essentially. Yes. Um, yes. And, and also I feel like probably when stories became a thing, because then it just kept Mm -hmm. everybody posting more and kept us watching more. And I feel like so many people will try to sit there and say like, you're in charge of your algorithm, like you're in control of your social media experience. And I'm like, you could maybe argue that to like an extent, like a small percentages, but also no, like the tech people at Meta and TikTok or whatever are more powerful than your willpower. Like, trust me. So we can stop acting like this is some kind of like personal failure whenever, you know, we we go down these like rabbit holes. And it is so dangerous because it also, it just, ke- you know, an idea is planted and then it just keeps reinforcing it over and over in a way that's like actually changing our minds. Yes. Which, yes. I mean, I, and yes. Changing your mind is a good thing sometimes, but sometimes it's not. <laughs> and Some, sometimes I see it's not. This, no. Yeah. And I see this so much with like, like the motherhood content, right? Like so mm-hmm. much of it is so divisive or it paints this very like black or white picture of parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. The first, when I opened Instagram this morning, the first thing I saw was an article that was titled the birth of my daughter, the death of my marriage. And I was like, Hmm, that's oh. like an intriguing headline. But then yeah. it, like if you hover on that or you click on that like the algorithm will pick up on that and that's part of your journey now that is your journey now oh but now I want to read that damn it damn it they got (laughs) me same yeah and it's the same thing with everything you know you start with sourdough first you're learning to make bread and then now you're Mm -hmm. pregnant in a puffy sleeve dress and your husband is calling all the shots yep yep exactly (laughs) exactly I you know, it is also interesting how many early days influencers have since gotten divorced mm-hmm. and and then their content evolves and then being mm-hmm. like a hot divorced woman becomes part mm-hmm. of their shtick. I think that yeah. that, Mc, that McKinley chick. Um, and also how much money they make out. off of selling their marriage courses. And, yes. Yes. Yeah, Again, no one like... don't buy a course. No one's a fucking expert. No one's a fucking expert. No one's an expert. Like go to real couples therapy don't buy shit off instagram nope nope go to real therapy i love therapy therapy is so good i also you know talk to other moms like real moms in the world find them talk to them talk to women of all ages but some stranger on instagram does not have your answers no they don't they really don't they They really don't don't. they don't know Mm -hmm. your experiences Mm -hmm. Um, no yeah and i say all the time that it's a nice jumping off point for some inspiration, like, you know, take it for what it's worth. The same way that you would take a magazine article for mm-hmm. what it's worth. You know, you'd pick up Parenting Magazine, although I will say the journalists and editors at magazines do vet their experts. Like, I would right. never, ever, <laughs> right. I would never be allowed to quote someone in any magazine. And I've written for all of the magazines that exist at this point. I would never be able to quote someone who like didn't have a PhD in something. Like right. no one 
they wouldn't be considered an expert. We vet them. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is Stephanie. I just met her out on the street. They'd be like, what the? They'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Stephanie says to hold your baby upside down (laughs) when they sleep. Like, what's Stephanie's qualifications? You're like, but look how pretty Stephanie is. Look how pretty she is. And I think she has a kid. I'm not sure (laughs) if Stephanie has a kid, but she's really pretty. Like, any magazine would be like, you're fired. And yet, and yet, that is essentially social media is full of Stephanie's. Okay. Telling you bullshit advice. And, but it is a good starting off point. You know, I follow a bunch of of accounts that like help me decide what to put in my kids' lunches because like Mm -hmm. I never know. My kids don't like my, I have one kid who doesn't eat. I have one kid who eats everything, but I'm like, I just kind of want some, want some inspo for that. That's good. But I'm not going to listen to them talk to me about like, you know, how to give my kids a bath balanced meal i'm like i just want some i just want some advice like you know a little bit of inspiration you're like i kind of it's just taking the decision work out of it for you like you're like i just want to make this decision a little easier exactly exactly i think that's fine i should serve for lunch i don't want to i don't want to decide what to serve for lunch anymore none of us want to decide what to serve our kids i know you know and i don't think they're eating anything either and just so the more time you spent planning it the less they're going to eat of it the less they're going to eat of it i mean i find i actually finally joined costco and i just buy them all of the costco crap now and i'm like getting good on you i fucking love costco oh my god i I feel like costco should, should just start sponsoring my podcast because I'm so late to the game, but I'm so like enamored of them. I'm like, Costco, oh, you are it. amazing. They have great amazing. champagne. Mm-hmm. They have great champagne. They have great. I mean, like we we also bought a chest freezer. This is what you do when you have yes. three kids. And you're yes. just like, all right, I'm going to well, buy a chest freezer. You're going to get a Costco membership. You're going to get a chest freezer to go with it. <laughs> we haven't been to the regular grocery store in like two weeks now um, because we can just go to the farmer's market across the street and then also, you know, have all the Costco crap. And that's like, that's a big diversion. But, you know, again, it just like, it tells like those accounts tell me like a little bit of good information, but I'm not going to base big decisions on them. Um, right. I'm not going to go to them for, you know, how to help heal my sick right. child. Well, right? and that's the other thing is these, these accounts will get these sort of like cult like followings. That's like, tell me how yes. to do everything. Tell me everything. Uh, yeah. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Who, you're definitely not an expert in everything. Like no. nobody is. So no. what? <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and it is cult-like. It is. I mean, the, the level of celebrity around these influencers mm-hmm. when it comes to how attached people feel to them, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that there's a proper Q score situation for it yet. And Q score is the way advertisers have measured how connected someone feels to a celebrity. For mm-hmm. a long time, like okay. Oprah has, Oprah has like the best Q score in the world. Got like, it. People will buy anything that Oprah tells them to buy, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's been done for influencers yet. And I think the attachment to influencers is so much more intimate yes. because you feel like you're getting to see their whole lives. You feel and like you're it's getting not this real. behind the scenes look, and this is my friend now, and I'm going to jump to her defense anytime somebody badmouths her. Yeah. yeah like Ballerina Far- Farms Q score would probably be insane. Super high, super high. And but you know, that's, yeah. And that's such a great point too about like, and I, I think it just speaks to how unregulated social media is still and like if you think about how new social media is and like how how much it's done good and bad Mm -hmm. in that short amount of time 
And then also knowing how unregulated it is, it is compared to like anything else that has that level of chokehold on our lives is regulated. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yep. Yep. But, you know, social media, it's like nothing. We have nothing. these people in Congress who aren't even I mean, they don't even know what it is. I mean, they don't so even confused. know what it is. <laughs> no, I mean, like their their whole argument with TikTok is they're like, well, the Chinese are listening to us. And I'm like, that is the least of your problems. <laughs> the least of your problems gosh yes that is the least of your problems so yeah it's not regulated it's not going to be regulated because it is a huge moneymaker for a small handful of people in silicon valley who have no incentive to regulate this ever because they're not going to make money off regulating right exactly so it is up to us and also up to us as parents i say this all the time to instill media literacy in our kids kids at such an early age because the train has left the station these things aren't going anywhere and you can keep a phone from your kid but they see you stare at your goddamn screen all the time right so unless we're talking to them be like this is what i'm doing my son the other day was like i picked up my phone he's like are you going on tiktok and i'm like how the hell do you know about tiktok and it turns out his nanny is on tiktok all the time which is a whole other conversation um and yeah so I'm like, all right, well, I'll show you TikTok. This is what TikTok is. And, you know, most mm-hmm. of it is crap. And so there's some funny things on it and maybe some useful things on it. But, I mean, I tell them all that, again, like, I have to stop using the word crap because my kids are getting real foul mouths. But um, same my with you, too. says like, damn it all the time. So Charlie he uses went, it appropriately, so it's kind of hilarious. But. It's kind of adorable. Charlie went on a play date and him and this other little boy just started writing shit, 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 shit all over pieces of paper. And then the parents sent it to me. And I was like, his penmanship is really nice. Yeah. You're like, I'm impressed, actually. I don't know what your intended, like... His handwriting (laughs) looks good. (laughs) So the other thing that I think is, is like, scary about social media being, like, relatively new is we also don't totally know what it's doing to our brains. Like, no, no. I always explain it like, you know, you're scrolling and you come across someone in their immaculate home. And then mm-hmm. you scroll and you see a fitness influencer making like a green smoothie in their little matching workout set and they have a six pack and you scroll and you see someone's homemade sourdough and you scroll and see spherical ice with fucking flowers inside it. Mm-hmm. And you're taking all of that in in a matter of like minutes or even like seconds and you're going, well, geez, like I don't have those things I don't do any of those things like mm-hmm. what is wrong with me like why can't I get it together like forgetting that one these are separate accounts that you're that I really don't think our brains have like evolved to even take in mm-hmm. information at that rate and no. then also forgetting that like these a lot of them are either full of shit or this is their full-time job and it takes a lot of time and there's a lot going on behind the scenes or both like and it's all staged so knowing what you know about mm-hmm. Instagram and social media, like what are your, do you have any habits now like that you've changed? Have you changed how you use it? I mean, I know mm-hmm. you said that like you try to just get little bits of inspo where you, you know, like, where I, you do. Feel like you I do, I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm constantly trying to reset myself, right? Because even if we know that this is bad for our brain, it's very easy to go back down the slippery slope of it. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, I do things and they work for a little while and then I go back down the slope and then I have to do them again. I, you know, the first thing that I did was I I hid Instagram from the homepage of my phone. I put it in a file called bullshit and now it doesn't matter. My brain knows how to get to it so fast that like, 
that does nothing. I do unfollow accounts that I don't that make me feel badly. Mm-hmm. But that said, the algorithm will allow people to kind of follow you around. So if an influencer is doing an ad for a brand, like I don't follow Ballerina Farm, but I've been targeted with brands that um, she's doing ads for recently. Uh, And so that's very interesting. So she's still in my feed, right? Once a follow, always a follow, I guess. Once a follow, always a follow. There's there's no (laughs) escaping. So I do think we should constantly be curating our feeds to what suits us and what we enjoy. Um, and I'm, I am trying to set the time limits more and more. I, I said this before on the show. I am on social media more now than I've ever been because I am a marketing monster for my new book, The Sicilian Inheritance. Like, <laughs> I, com- I, I mean, I am. I'm like, I'm a freak about it. And Right. It's part I'm, of the job, though. It's part of, it's part of the job. So I'm, I'm not just posting content, but I talk to my readers on there on, on mm-hmm. DMs a lot. Which means I, I really don't have a choice but to go on. And I have, I've, I'm more depressed and more anxious than I have been in my adult life Ugh, from yep. being on social media this much. And I know that's the cause because there's nothing yep. else going on in my life. It's just like my brain is not enjoying this. I enjoy mm-hmm. talking to people, but I don't enjoy, you know, what happens to get there that I'm on the home yep. screen and then I scroll and I will be very relieved when I can get off of it. When I say this, sometimes people are like, well, you know, talk to people on email. And I'm like, the people who are reading my book are on Instagram and I want to be with them. I want to be right. where they are. Um, it's not that simple. I can't quit tomorrow because an author has no choice right. but to promote their their books where people's eyeballs are. And this is where eyeballs are. Right. Well, and that, yeah, and it's anybody promoting anything. I mean, it is it is a part of it. Like, again, for better or worse, like it's, it gets the job done, but, but at what cost? But at what cost? (laughs) And I think that you're right. I mean, I have talked to a lot of neuroscience scientists and we're going to have more of them on under the influence, the podcast, because our brains have not caught up to this in the same Mm -hmm. way that during the industrial revolution, we saw a massive rise in you know, people questioning their very existence. This is when mm-hmm. therapy started coming up to the forefront because people felt replaced. They felt all systems in the world were completely different. It's happened so much faster now in the technological revolution. So, of course, our brains are breaking over this. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. And then so also on like a similar note, what is what are your thoughts with sharing kids on social media? Because this is something that somebody people ask me about. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Oof. well, I feel it's tough because I joined Instagram back in 2011 when my oldest was born and it was a very different place then. Very different. Very different. And I, you know, I'm still, I mean, that's when I joined too. And then I had my first kid in 2017. And, but when you join that early, you're still kind of of the mindset that I am posting some things to share with other people in my life who might not see them. Like, you know, I'm posting it so my mom can see things. Right. Yeah. It's, it's less true for me than ever before because my Instagram account really is, I'm not ballerina farm level but I consider it a brand. And I'm very open about Mm -hmm. that. I'm very transparent Mm -hmm. about that, right? Like, I want you to listen to my podcast and buy my books. Like, this is my Mm -hmm. life and it's pretty unfiltered. But like, I have a purpose on here and I'm going to just state that up front. I rarely put my kids' faces on the grid anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
mostly because I have done, and I still do it sometimes. I mean, no one's perfect. Also, I don't monetize my content, so I don't feel like my kids are working. My biggest concern is that we know that, you know, weirdo pedophiles can pull something off your grid and create a deep fake of your kid and do some really gross stuff with it. So I try, and I also don't really want my kids to be super recognizable on the street. So I mean, they there are pictures of them there in my stories a lot. And I'm pretty fierce about would this be embarrassing to them? So I'm never going right. to post them on the freaking potty. Okay. No, yeah. I just, I, I think that the accounts that do like the potty training accounts that post pictures of kids on the potty should be shut the F down yeah. because that, can you imagine if someone just came in and took a picture of you taking a shit in the morning and then posted it on their Instagram account? Like you could sue that person. Yeah. I also, just the fact that potty training accounts exist, like, pisses me off so badly, actually, because I also, just so much of of the parenting stuff that I'm like, you could get all of this information from a book for, like, Mm -hmm. $7, but they're like, buy my potty training course that is just, yeah, I I just, oh, what what makes you an expert in potty training? Like, (laughs) do you poop? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I know it's crazy. I, yeah. And I definitely, I'm like a path of least resistance parent anyways. Like I don't like, we just, you know, wait until they're ready and it's not that hard. Um, I I mean, we, we're like, we're a, we're going to wait, wait till they're ready, give them a screen and Mm -hmm. then drive them with M&Ms. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Boom. And that gets the job done. You know Um, what? And yeah, there's a much like sleep. You're like, Adults don't go around pooping their pants all the time. Everyone is right. everyone is eventually potty trained. Everyone gets there. Everyone gets um, there. And I have heard before that I think is like a good rule of thumb. Like you should be able, like people who are making money off their accounts, which my account's also not monetized other than the occasional hmm. like affiliate link, which people are always surprised to hear that. And I'm like, well, that's because it's a full-time job. And I am yep. taking care of a three-year-old all day. So I already yep. have a job. Um, but you, if you are making money off of your account, you should be able to remove your kids from your content and still have decent content. Like they yep. shouldn't be what's making you money. Cause if so, they no. are working. Yes, they're working. They are working and then money should be set aside for them. And, you know, luckily a lot of states are trying to regulate this, but because no one really regulates the platforms, the platforms aren't set up to make sure that any of this stuff right. actually happens. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm way pickier than I've ever been. And my six-year-old now is cognizant of being mm-hmm. posted as well. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it like very openly. I'm like, do you want this picture on here? And he's like, nope. And I'm like, cool. Great. So yeah. yeah. And like the, the, these are conversations that we can't not have with our kids because they're conversations right. they have, they're, they're decisions they have to make for themselves going forward. So right. even if, you know, I talk to a lot of moms who are like, oh, they don't need to worry about that yet. And I'm like, yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. And, because... yeah, and we need to be modeling it. Yeah. Because yep. it's yep. It, it protects their autonomy. And yeah. that's like one of the most important things that they need to be learning. Absolutely. Because, you know, they may not have a phone, but someone else in school will by the time they're yep. eight years old. Like, I'm sorry, they yeah. just will. And like that kid might want to post a picture yeah. of them. And I they know want... my oldest is 12. And I feel like he's the last one standing who doesn't have a phone. Yeah. Yeah, mine, mine, like oh, my, I just, tough. I just got a new Apple Watch and mine wants my old Apple Watch. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. And he wants one because I have one. Like, I get it. Right. Right. Um, so, I mean, I just like, I, I'm not like very precious about any of it. I am, I'm very much a like, get the job done parent. I'm like, is right. this working? Yeah. Am I, am I Again, not fucking, am I yeah. not fucking them Path up too bad? Resistance. Cool. <laughs> exactly. Cool. 
Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. I know you're thank you for a, a very busy me. lady and you have a lot going on. Your newest book just became available for pre-order, right? Yes, yes. The Sicilian Inheritance, the, the book of the summer is what we're calling it. <laughs> the book of the summer. I, the book I, of the summer. On it. Yeah, the, it's great. It's great. It's fun. It's just, I, you know, I wanted to write a book that I wanted to read. Mm-hmm. And that is a twisty, turny murder mystery set in Sicily filled with wine, food and not gross sex. Because there's a lot of books that have just like these sex scenes that I read and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's White Lotus meets Only Murders in the Building. Um, and so, yes, awesome. everyone, if you're missing White Lotus, The Sicilian Inheritance is like the thing that's going to fill that hole for you. What's not to love? <laughs> Momplicated is a Bravadio production with support from ACAST. It's hosted by me, Dana Phillips. Our producer is Andy Gardner-Bernstein. It's presented solely for entertainment purposes. The opinions expressed here are not intended as legal, psychological, or any type of professional advice. You can follow, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And for more content, follow me on Instagram at Dana.P.Phillips. See you next week.